Today we heard Jesus talking about the coming of the Son of Man and what the signs will be and the fear and foreboding that may accompany these signs. There has been an interminable amount of speculation as to what these signs will be or what they mean or when Jesus will be returning. Some really bad movies have been made, either about the coming of Jesus or the end of the world. Some really bad books have been written, probably a couple good ones, but mostly bad. The History Channel's put out shows on this subject, and zealots have convinced their followers that they know the exact date and time when the end of the world will come. Some have used math based on Bible passages. Some have used world affairs based on Bible passages. And some have just taken crazy pills in order to determine (laughs) the exact time when Jesus will be returning. There seems to be a tremendous amount of anxiety over the second coming of Jesus. People have shouted for centuries, The end is near! Repent, for the end is upon us! I was part of a Bible study in which, uh, week after week, the participants each discussed our understanding of the second coming. And I presented the idea of looking forward to Jesus' second coming and the final restoration of creation. And there was some surprise in the group at taking a hopeful view of Jesus' second coming. Now, there is some fear and trembling with the coming of Jesus. There's no question of that. When the God of all creation comes to redeem His creation from sin and death, one can't help but tremble. In our story, however, Jesus' coming is a good thing. What did Jesus say? When these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. In our story, Jesus' coming is a good thing. The frantic terror and anxiety which is often included in talking about Jesus' second coming is not a part of our story. This is our story. Jesus' second coming, the redemption of the world and restoration of creation, the final victory of God over death, the banishment of sin and unrighteousness, all of these are our story. And too often these things have been other people's stories and too often those other people have not told these stories particularly well. Thanks to the doomsday predictions of Harold Camping and others like him, people who believe in and anticipate the second coming of Jesus are seen as more than a little bit kooky. They've been the ones telling the story for too long. And to be fair, they're also faithful followers of Jesus. And these are their stories too. I just don't think they tell the stories particularly well. They know the stories and don't tell them really well. We, on the other hand, could tell the stories great if we just knew them. Now, I bet most of us know the story of the prodigal son. But are we especially familiar with the gospel story we heard today about the Son of Man coming in on the clouds? We all know the Lord is my shepherd. But do we know Daniel 7, 13 to 14? As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient One. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. We know about end times prophecy. Or at least we think we do from a lot of the doomsday predictions. My God, try, try YouTubing Doomsday and you see a lot of crazy stuff. We, we, we might be familiar with something like this from Isaiah 13, 
See, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with wrath and fierce anger. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising. The moon will not shed its light. Now that's what we're used to. That's a doomsday prediction right there. That's the great end times terror that we're used to hearing. But are are we also familiar with Isaiah 40, 1 through 2? Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The stories of the prophets, the stories of judgment and of restoration, the stories of the end and of a new beginning are all our stories. Maybe they're foreign to us, maybe they're well known, but they need to be told and retold among us. And they need to be told by us to others. We need to reclaim our narrative of the second coming of Christ as a message of hope. And we need to do some good storytelling with it. Now we do this kind of storytelling all the time. When we gather with family and friends, we tell stories of our lives together. We tell stories of the good times we've had together. We tell stories of some of the bad times we've had together. We tell stories of loved ones who have passed away or moved away. We tell stories of our life. And that's what these stories from Scripture are. They are the stories of our family. There are good times, and there are some not-so-good times in the stories of Scripture. There are stories we love to remember and stories that we'd probably rather forget. But overall, ours is a story of hope. Stories of the second coming of Jesus are stories of hope. Now there's judgment. To be sure there is judgment. But why would that bother us? We tend not to like it when we see children utterly spoiled by their parents having never been disciplined in their lives. Why would we want anything different from God? There's plenty of bad stuff in the world, and if we're honest, there's plenty of bad stuff within each of us. Why would we not want God to deal with that? Jesus is coming again to complete His work, to destroy sin, to destroy unrighteousness, to swallow up death forever. Jesus is coming again to restore all things, to make all things new. So stand up and raise your heads, Jesus says, because your redemption is drawing near. That's our story. That's the story we need to tell to a world hungry for hope. That's the story we need to tell to people who are hungry and thirsty for God. That's the story we need to tell each other this Advent as we prepare for Christmas, as we prepare for Jesus' return. Now we don't believe that Jesus is necessarily returning right away or even anytime soon. But Advent is our annual season of preparation. Our annual reminder that we should always be preparing for Jesus' return. So what did Jesus say about how we prepare for His coming? Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness, and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. Okay, so don't be drunk all the time. Don't be hopeless and despondent and worried about life. In other words, live in hope. Live joyfully. Live without worry. 
Now the end may come in six billion years, or the end may come in six seconds. Apparently it didn't last time I preached this. The end may come at any time, and in the meantime, there's a whole lot of living to do. We sing joy to the world when we remember Jesus' first coming among us. Wouldn't we sing the same song when we consider His second coming? The Jesus who came among us the first time is the same Jesus who will be coming again. So we prepare for Jesus' coming by living our lives. We prepare during the season of Advent by living joyfully and peacefully with prayer and hope, with service to others and with hearts full of love. And we prepare by telling these stories over and over again with hope and excitement and joy. Amen. Amen.